The Gospel of John speaks of Christ as the true light coming into the world. In commemoration of that coming, we light candles for the four weeks leading to Christmas and reflect on the coming of Christ. It is significant that the church has always used that language, the coming of Christ, because it speaks to a deep truth. Christ is coming. Christ is always coming, always entering a troubled world, a wounded heart. And so we light the first candle, the candle of hope, and dare to express our longing for peace, for healing, and the well-being of all creation. Loving God, as we enter this Advent season, we open all the dark places in our lives and memories to the healing light of Christ. Show us the creative power of hope. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be God's family, now and Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom the secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life of mortal. Through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. It is at this time we invite the children to go to the back with Miss Alexandria and join in for Children's Chapel. She's right there at the back. A reading from Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he will execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Psalm 25, we will read responsibly by half verse. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humiliated, nor let my enemies 
triumph over me. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love. For they are from the last Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Gracious and upright are you, O Lord. Therefore you teach sinners in your way. You guide the humble in doing right. And teach your way to the lowly. All your paths, O Lord, are love and faithfulness. The second reading is from 1 Thessalonians. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory be to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord.
You may be seated. Good morning. Before we get started, I want to make sure you all can hear me. I'm new with the mic. Uh, also wanted to let you all know that, um, oh, take my mask off real fast so you can hear me even better. I apologize. I am uh, Alex Hillis. Um, usually you are hearing from Eric or Mike at, at the sermon. Uh, today, when the rector is away, the family minister gets to play. Uh, so I am here to to talk with you guys at the sermon. Uh, I'll start by saying that I am not nearly as smart as Mike or Eric. Um, I am going to have some notes in front of me because um, if I don't, I will get lost. Um, but I am excited to be here and excited to be talking with you all this morning. Um, so like I said, my name is Alex Hillis. I am the, um, put this down real quick here, not on my hands. I am the family minister uh, and I was hired here in August of this year. Uh, usually on Sunday mornings, especially at this service, you can find me in the back with the fiery little redhead named Evie. Uh, she is my daughter, and you usually can't miss her because she's quite loud. She loves to talk. Um, some of you I have met and had the pleasure of meeting, and some of you I have yet to meet. And it sounds like that would be really hard to do, but it's true. It's uh, more than three months, and I still have not met everyone. Um, but it is great to finally introduce myself to you all and to be a part of this community. Um, being here is a, with you all is a beautiful new beginning for my life and for my family. It's this beautiful new beginning um, in my story, um, which interestingly enough is really what I want to talk to you guys about today is new beginnings and how new beginnings usually come about, which is the end. Um, but we'll get there. First things first, I have to wish you all. A happy new year! Happy new year, everyone! Uh, yeah, there we go. Now, my non-cradle Episcopalians are probably in the room going, what are you talking about? It is December, it is not even December. We're not in the new year. But, um, so I'll, I'll explain. Um, so this is the Sunday. This Sunday begins the Advent One in our liturgical church year, which um, we were asking our, our good friend Stacy here and Eric, what that meant, they would give you a beautiful formal um, answer. I'm going to give you the simple confirmation answer I give to my eighth graders. Uh, Lent is a lot like, um, imagine a circle. There's a circle, and there's in the circle, there's different colors of the season. It's a calendar of sorts, and the colors change. If you see, we have blue now for Advent. You'll see them change from green for the normal times. Uh, purple for Lent, uh, red for uh, the Pentecost. There's all sorts of different colors that follow our church seasons. And our church seasons, you might think, would begin on the new year of the, of the new calendar year, but it's not. It actually begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas, which is today. So this begins our... So here we are at the, um, the beginning of our kickoff of our new celebration for the new year. Um, so... Uh, but as it so happens, this is also my mother's birthday, and she is here with us today, and so I wanted to score some brownie points and say happy birthday to my mom in my first ever sermon. So there we go. Yeah, happy birthday, mom. There we go. Score some brownie points. Always got to do it. Got to continue to do it, even when you're old. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, but the new beginnings abound today. This is very exciting. It's a very exciting day filled with new beginnings. It seems to be everywhere. Uh, however, that is until you think about how new beginnings come about, which is the end. And the end can be sad and disheartening and frankly hard. The end of anything can lead us to a place of darkness and loss. The end can be scary and, for lack of words, feel endless. Today's gospel passage, from a certain perspective, can make the end feel like all these things. It could be a tad confusing and a little odd. Which is why when I read, first read it, I thought, what? And then I thought, I went to Mike's office and I asked, 
Father Mike, by the way, who's, who's not here this morning, I went to his office and asked, why? Why give me this passage on my first sermon? <laughs> and we talked, we discussed it, and we stumbled upon a beautiful thought, which was, the end is really not the end. Merely, it's just a new beginning, especially with our relationship to Jesus Christ. When wrapping my head around this thought, this beautiful thought, I wondered how best to express this to you all, this wonderful concept, and it struck me, a story. And I found when speaking in front of people, especially in a setting such as this one, I am most comfortable telling stories, especially stories about my own life which usually come in the form of comedy, as most of the stuff that happens into my life is pretty comical. But, however, the story that, I'm, that came to my mind for today's passage and for today's message is a story that is not so comical. It is a story that finds me at the end, particularly at the end of a very long day, especially for my wonderful, lovely wife. For this is the story of the day my daughter Edie was born. And when I say day, it felt more like days. <laughs> Megan, my, my wonderful, beautiful wife, who's a family minister as well down at St. Christopher League City, just, uh, just down the street, really. Um, Megan, my beautiful wife, began the process of bringing our sweet Edie into the world on the afternoon slash evening of October 8th, 2019. And let me tell y'all, Megan was a mama warrior. She was doing such a great job. And as only husbands can do, I sat on the sidelines cheering on my wonderful wife as she made her way through this tough and beautiful process. And as the afternoon slash evening began to head towards late night, we still had no real sign of Evie. She was quite comfortable with where she was at and her situation. Uh, so it was at this point, though, that worry, fear, and anxiety creeped into my thoughts. How could I help? What could I do? What was going to happen? What words can I say to Megan to make Megan feel better? At this point, October 8th, 2019, became the longest hardest day of my life. And I know how that sounds, especially because I'm not the one physically having a baby. But it is at this point, though, that Megan is moved by the doctors into a different room to continue the process and try a different method. It is also at this point that as the father, I am not allowed to follow hospital procedures and such. I am left in the room alone, left with my already built up worries and my fears and my anxieties. And when I tell you that that was the longest hour of my life, it doesn't do it justice. The final half hour of October 8th, 2019 felt like days, even years with no idea what was happening and how things were going, I ended up just pacing the room back and forth. I prayed, I cried. I thought of all the worst things that could happen. And just as I felt the world was going to crash around me, consume me whole, I heard a knock at the door. The doctor entered and with her, she brought a tightly wrapped up bundle a bundle of hope, a bundle of joy, a bundle of answered prayers. And as I took my beautiful red-headed daughter from the doctor's hand, I began to cry. And there we were, daughter and father, crying together for the very first time, and definitely not the last. <laughs> and as I began to speak to her, she stopped crying and looked at me as if she knew who I was, and that look took my breath away. What a sight. What a beautiful, amazing sight it is to lay eyes on your newborn child. I know many of us in the room have experienced it. 
and I will never experience anything as beautiful as that moment ever again. And on October 18th, 2019, the hardest day of my entire life had come to an end. And with it, a new day dawned. For on October 9th, 2019, at 12.37 a.m., my Evie was born into the world. Gone were the worries, the fears, and anxieties that the end of the day had brought. A new day was shaping filled with lots of hope, love, and joy. A day of new beginnings. This year, and, and, and frankly the year before it, has been hard. It has been filled with worry, fear, and anxiety. All the things a new father feels the minutes leading up to the end of the longest, hardest day of his life. But here we find ourselves at the beginning of a new day, a new year, a new beginning. And no, not everyone here is leaving with a new baby the way I did when I left the hospital the next day. <laughs> but you are leaving here with the other things I did leave with the hospital that day. Love, joy, and especially hope. A reminder of our wreaths. Today, we lit the first Advent candle at the beginning of the service, which signifies hope. We were reminded today on Advent 1 of the hope that Jesus brings to us by coming into the world. And in that, we are ultimately reminded that him coming into the world brings, it, brings with it an end. But that Jesus' end is just our beginning. That through his death, we are given new life. That through his death, we are given hope. But that's really a whole different liturgical calendar tangent I could go on, and we'll save that for Lent. Back to focusing on this new season we call Advent, which, by the way, I find it quite appropriate that the beginning of the new church year begins at the end of the calendar year. How perfect is it that at the end of a long year, we are given, literally, a new beginning? I digress, but it's all coming together. So back to focusing on focusing on this new season we call Advent. We were reminded from our gospel in a really strange way that the end is coming. But that with it, a new, beautiful beginning will as well. We are ultimately reminded that endings can be hard and long, but that it can also bring new beginnings with lots of hope and new life. In my case, quite literally, a new life. So I encourage you, go from this place and spread that message of hope. Go and remember that with Christ and through Christ, the end brings with it a rather beautiful new beginning. Amen. We continue on page three. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten one being of the Father, through him all things 
With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. I ask your prayers for God's people throughout the world, for all people and ministers, for the priests in our community, Mike, Jim, Craig, Bill, and Lillian, for our bishops, Andy, Hector, Jeff, and Kay, in the diocesan circle of prayer, the Holy Apostles, Katie, Holy Spirit, Houston, and Hope, Houston, for Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and for our presiding bishop, Michael. Pray for the church. I ask your prayers for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, for the members of the armed forces, and for all who struggle for peace and justice, that they may act with prudence and vision to plant the seeds of your kingdom everywhere. Pray for justice and peace. I ask your prayers for our parish and our vestry, that the source of wisdom may guide us, the source of strength may support us, and the source of love may unify us. Pray that our community may discern clearly and minister effectively. I ask your prayers for St. Thomas the Apostle School, that those who teach and those who learn may rejoice in the knowledge of your truth, that we may teach our students to love whatever is just and true and good. Pray that we may be bearers of God's grace to all who come through our doors. I ask your prayers for the poor, the sick, the hungry, the oppressed, and those in prison. Pray for those in any need or trouble. I ask your prayers for all who seek God or a deeper knowledge of God. Pray that they may find and be found by God. I ask your prayers for the departed, especially Violet. Pray for all those who have died. Let us give thanks for our blessings and pray for our own needs and those of others, especially Chris, Sean, Ken, and Nancy. The congregation is invited to name their own celebrations or petitions silently or aloud. O oh Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O oh lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bonds that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me the Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Good morning. morning. I'm Stacy Stringer, and it's my delight to be with you here this morning. I live around the corner from St. Thomas here, but uh, I serve the diocese as the director of disaster recovery. Um, We get a few of those, don't we, here? So I just want to offer this opportunity for us to give thanks loudly for Alex Hillis on his uh, debut sermon here. He did awesome for the first Sunday of Advent with really difficult gospel, right? (laughs) And now he shall give you the announcements. Yes, I'm back. Uh, We are, um, the children are invited to come back in now that we are at the piece. Uh, We have a couple announcements. Uh, This Wednesday, the the Wednesday Bible study is starting back up. We took a break this past week uh, for Thanksgiving, but we'll be back on Wednesday at 9 a.m. Saturday is our um, food distribution uh, with our Galveston Food Bank uh, partners. Uh, That starts at 8. Um, Usually it starts actually a little earlier. We start setting up, getting everything out there. So please join us for that if you can. We always need the, the hands. Um, Also, today at 4 o'clock, we are having our uh, Advent wreath-making here in Christ Hall. So if you would love to join us, all congregation are invited. We're going to be doing this in partnership with the Boy Scouts who we support here at St. Thomas. So the Boy Scouts will be here. We'll have all families here. Um, Everyone is invited to come join us. We have enough greenery and enough um, things to make our Advent wreath for. So everyone's invited. So that's today at 4 in Christ Hall. And that's all the announcements we have. And happy birthday to Alex's mom. (laughs) And now walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
become of you, O Lord. And we are also happily given you. This is the table not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a while or ever before. You who have tried to follow and you who have stumbled. Come, not because the church invites you. It is Christ who invites you to meet him here. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We give them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, because you sent your beloved Son to redeem us from sin and death and to make us heirs in him of everlasting life that when he shall come again in power and great triumph to judge the world, we may without shame or fear rejoice to hold his appearing. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. spoken through the prophets, and above all, in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us to that heavenly country where, with all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive 
Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ lived and died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Let us continue on page 8 of your service leaflet. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for restoring us in your image, and giving us spiritual food and food, and the sacrifice of God and love. Now, from this forth, thank you all May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that you may live deep within your hearts. May God bless you with anger of injustice, oppression, and exploitation, so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you this day and remain with you forevermore. Amen.